This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. We did it. This is it. The last one. The 16th one. We've done it. Oh, fantastic stuff. And joining us for the final of our team-by-team season previews is Mitchell Clark from the Cumberland Throw podcast. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. Good to be here. Are you, have you got a podcast if I missed that? Or is that oh, the... no, the, uh, the other boys do. The Cumberland yeah. Throw boys have one, but I never end up on it. Uh, I'm always busy and they do a terrific job without me. So, you know, why Good rock the boat? Okay, so we're both right here. I knew you weren't on the podcast. No, no, I'm not <laughs> on the well, podcast. I, I'm not. I'm sorry to say I don't listen to the a fan <laughs> podcast for a team that I don't go for. So well, <laughs> how am I supposed to know that? You don't listen to all of the fan podcasts. So. <laughs> oh god! Can you imagine who has the time? I don't how many good to... ones are there? How many good podcasts? NRL podcasts. Name them. How many good NRL podcasts? This is good. Yes. You, you're making us put everyone else on um, the spot. They all yeah, suck. This is There's it. one good one. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you thought <laughs> you were going to be yeah, asking the one questions. one good one. You're listening to it. The rest of them suck. Uh, Broncos <laughs> Weekly is okay sometimes, but I hate yeah, myself. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> uh, shout out Steel City Podcast. RIP. Now, that was that was a, that was a man's pod. Harry Ramage and Ted. Ted Ramage. Takes. Ted, it was not Ted Ramage. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, obviously, we're not going to. Oh, we, we, you're all doing a great job, fellow NRL podcasters. Really, yeah. sincerely. You were our um, most requested guest. started though. really well. No awkwardness at all. You were no, our this... most requested guest. We had like four Parramatta fans ask for you. So that's good. That's that's a lot. Yeah, they yeah. probably wanted the other guys, though. They probably wanted the guys from the <laughs> podcast. I'm just the guy who tweets. No, Whatever. it's fine. I'm the tweets, just the, the guy tweets who are funny. Tweets. The tweets are funny. So, and I don't know if the podcast is funny. I know the tweets are funny. Yeah. So, therefore, yeah, I'm happy with this. Well, I appreciate it, Um, But I will look, we can use this opportunity now to hold you as a conduit for all the eels fans that have given us negative reviews on itunes in the past <laughs> oh, and hold you fair, personally most, responsible most of them is most of them's me to yeah. be fair no legit <laughs> our our itunes rating got tanked by eels fans after the salary cap stuff when we basically said that they were cheats and didn't and that like they deserve to have their points taken off them we got like that, that eight one star reviews that week we never that seems relatively reasonable i must say but I, to be fair i didn't listen to anything rugby league for pretty much all of 2016 so that wasn't actually that bad, is fair but... but we are holding you personally responsible for that <laughs> yeah no i was all of last year and the year before that so yeah yeah <clears throat> you're a flat track listener i like it <laughs> <laughs> no i'm the Mate, same you though, and like, Mitch Moses, just great like, friends I, I listen to like it's NFL. looking good like i listen to around the nfl podcast right but if the ravens lose i don't listen to the monday like the, the wrap-up show about going through all the games and same with leads i give them my soccer podcast to miss if leads lose so yeah, yeah it's pretty, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable i know this sounds weird but i don't know if i feel better about rugby league if i have high expectations or low high expectations there's so much pressure every week low yep. expectations you you're like free and easy you know what i mean um, I, I don't know what's better well i do ask doyle doyle what was it like last year here we go. Wow. <laughs> um, terrible. My, nah, uh, you... yeah, what a shock. My, Look, I... my missus started to understand why rugby league would matter to her because it would ruin her weekends as well. So that was good. <laughs> um, just having lived through both of those things, like now South being hyped up as the best team and all the expectations. And, you know, when I was a kid and they were garbage, like, yeah, it's kind of fun to reminisce on the fact that like literally every win felt like a grand final because there were so few and far between. And like, I'll always look back on that just going to my games with my pop every every weekend. I'll always look back on that stuff fondly, but you know, they probably would have been more fun if we won. Like just trotting out to the SFS to get 50 put on you every week 
it's, it's not that fun, to be honest. See, I think, I think that's why 2019 was so good because it was like, I can't believe this is real. <laughs> we actually might be an all right team. And 2020 just felt like dirt. We just kept winning, but I kept hating us more and more every week as it went on. It didn't feel real, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I, I drew a line through, through you guys after that. Not the finals game, the the Souths game before that, when Souths yeah, absolutely yeah. destroyed them. That was my. I was like, no, nah, they they're not they're not they're not legit. No, um, I think when Penrith really took us to the sword a couple of times, we lost to Manly at Brookvale. All of them, I was like, this is not this is not a premiership side. This yeah, is- it was weird. Just people were clinging onto their ladder spot because of their strong start and basically being like, oh, no, they're they're good, they're better than Souths, they're above them a ladder. And it was like they're not though. They're, they're no. just not. Uh, no, just, I was um, desperately trying to avoid Souths in the finals. Those seasons, I have though, nothing to do with it. To be fair to what you said, those seasons, like the spoon didn't actually hurt like I thought it would. Last mm. year was just so bad because it's the way it became. It, like The whole Seabold thing took the club over, drove into the ground, whatever, whatever. I've had bad years in other sports too. Not really bad in Brisbane, with Brisbane. And sometimes bad years, you're like, yeah, whatever. We were going to suck anyway. We suck. Good years like that, look at least like you had last year, actually near the most painful when your they team is worse. on the is like good, but not good enough to win it, but good enough to get you there to have painful losses. Yeah, <laughs> like good oh, enough. Man. To, yeah, it's good enough to. I didn't. I, I sat down for the South final at Bankwest. I was like, you know what? I expect to lose, so whatever happens, this will be this will be fine. And like I was uh, two days, I was gutted. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, why am I sad? I knew we were going to lose. I think it's because we got to the front. Yeah, you know, eighteen eight at halftime. Yeah. Oh man, it was brutal. And then just that oh, twenty minutes. Oh, yeah, Bungard's loving this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, oh, we got ours. Anyway. We got our come up into the next, the following Saturday, mate. So I feel <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, Doyle, I must say, noise. Doyle turned into the Joker last year talking about the Broncos. Just like people <laughs> love, you know what I mean? <laughs> Watching the world burn around him. Oh was my god! Oh, it was bizarre, terrible. Anyway, I'll tell let's you do what, it all though, again. Yeah, that, that's not. <laughs> I don't like being compared to the rugby league version of the Joker, though. I was wanting everything to burn last you year. Were, right. You were twisted. It was a great yeah, listen, right. though. You know what I mean? Your <laughs> listens must have gone through the roof. Oh, mate, hate listens. Broncos Weekly never, never more popular when we did it. Broncos Monthly was, was like, <laughs> people were jumping on just to listen to us, our misery. Yeah. But, um, no good. But yeah, those are definitely the toughest years, mate. Like they are when your team is, especially you guys had like two years in a row of being good and probably not believing you were going to win. No. But you were just due to make that the finals and get knocked out in week two or three. And it well, felt yeah. like it was coming all year. Like 2019, we we finished further down the ladder, but it felt yeah. so much more fun than 2020. 2020 was just this weird, awkward sort of fell into third place whereas 2019 we were knocking people over and Sevo's come out of nowhere and we had this sort of new spirit Dylan Brown Reed Marnie it was all happening and clicking and Bankwest Stadium was rocking but 2020 I don't know if it was COVID it made it feel dirty yeah. for everyone I don't know but it, it didn't feel good 2020 for me personally you would swagger in 2019 you had Sevo swagger as well especially but like yeah, yeah and a then lot suddenly- of guys played confident yeah, and Sevo just went into his shell. He's getting hammered by Brad Parker. It was just, it was a weird year. It's anyway. bizarre. Like after that, there was, it kind of all turned on that, um, uh, that, um, that, that game against the Roosters in the middle of the season, which obviously everyone remembers for Sevo killing yeah. James Tedesco. Yeah. But like yeah. that, that was, you know, they lost that game late. Their defense kind of fell apart in the clutch. Yeah. And, it seemed like that broke them a little bit mentally, like, and they never really got up for those big games again. After I know they beat the Storm, but that was a Storm second string team. But like, 
I think just every big game they had after that, they just, I just, I don't know. I think that something that 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 game did something to them. I don't know why. Yeah, but... I I don't have the timeline in front of me, but when we played the Raiders, it probably it feels like a couple of weeks later we beat them. It was either Golden Point or Gutho kicked a field goal, but they came back twelve points in the last couple of minutes or something, and we ended up getting over the top of them. But Moses got injured that game, and apparently he was never right. So we look sort of stale. And I, I, I'm going to talk about Mitch a little bit later. I know that's fraught with danger. Um, <laughs> but I, like Mitch Moses, if he's going well, or if he looks good, we look good. And I don't think Mitch looked good for most of 2020. Yeah, well, we're Jai Field guys anyway. So there's <laughs> <laughs> hey, not. These Jai Field tattoos don't yeah. wash off, man. It's, yeah. it's weird like, because I mentioned I'm... I've got a story coming out this week. I had like a half hour chat with, with um, Peter Sterling about this the other day. And he's, he, he basically outlined his concerns. And, and one of one was that one was the defense in the big games. And the other one, basically half the chat was about Mitch Moses, by the way. So, yeah. I mean, we can probably just start talking about that now because it does seem like he's the key. And it's just so frustrating a lot of the time because when he's on, he's right up there. He's one of the best halfbacks in the league, but it just seems that for whatever reason, it just doesn't click for him when it really needs to. I'm, I'm lifting this straight from comments Cooper Cronk made a couple of weeks ago, but I think he went, he swung the pendulum too far towards game manager where he's, it's, he's that natural runner of the ball and he really wasn't. And now people are putting that down to injury or particularly around the club, but he needs to find that running game. And if he does, that's when he off the back of forwards going forward, he, he finds his space. And I think, you know, Dylan Brown and he still finding that balance a little bit, but if, if Mitch can run the ball, I think that really he feels free and, and he looks like that 2019 Mitch Moses who is confident and cocky. But as soon as you start asking him questions he's not comfortable with, uh, and I, I guess that's the, the trick for Brad Arthur and the, the boys around him, you, you've got to find how do we get the best game out of Mitch Moses possible. The game, the team's not Mitch Moses, but when he looks good, we look good. Yeah, I think um, there's no coincidence that right-hand side in general didn't have a very good year last year. And it, and it does come from, like, it stems from, you know, Moses didn't have a very good year. Then Blake didn't. And then Fergo didn't. But yeah, I think, as you said, that Moses really stopped running the ball last year. Yeah. Really stopped taking the line on like he used to. And and he gets predictable, mate. If he's going to keep, you know, game managing or, you know, he likes his nifty kicking as well. But it gets predictable. And it was bizarre to see Dylan Brown be like the guy outperforming him. In his second year, considering Moses has been around for so long now, and he was so good in 2019. Do you think Dylan Brown took a big step up last year? Because it hell yeah, <laughs> in what game management? Just in general, mate. Like I just think we talk about on the Broncos one with Chris Gary. Like there's people throw out the best young half in the game. Well, I think Dylan Brown is the best young half in the game. I thought he was fantastic last year, and I, and I thought did a pretty good job when Mitch Moses missed that, missed that period of games between like round seven and whatever. Yeah, I yeah. thought Brown was really good in that period. I was, I'm really impressed by him, really, his whole career, especially for, um, what, he's still in, like, 20? No, I think he's, yeah, I think he's 21 this year. Yeah. yeah. What do you think but, about uh, Dylan now, Brown? A huge fan, and he had a, had a great chat the other day on Triple, Triple M, which is just apparently Dylan Brown to a T, just crazy off with the butterflies, but just an outstanding footballer and, mm. like, just a great listen. But he's sort of the wild card, you know. I, I don't know what Dylan Brown's going to do in 2021, um, Mitch Moses is, is who I'm looking for to improve, but yeah, Dylan Brown is sort of the, the asterisk, depending on how you feel about the um, Christmas miracle of Bryce Cartwright. I think, <laughs> I think Brown's emergence is the best thing possible for Mitch as well. Like, I think that if Brown can keep getting better this year, 
and it takes just takes a little bit of the pressure off Moses in those huge games, then that yeah. that could be really, really important for you guys. And a weird not pressure that he doesn't have just because he's so solid defensively. That's never a question mark. Young halves in particular, mm. particularly of a small body shape. He's so solid defensively. There's just no question about it. So it just makes takes that pressure off, uh, makes things a bit easier on that side of the field. Uh, you would have seen in the trial, they've now switched sides. So they took Maddo and Moses and switched them with, with Dylan and Lane. Um, yeah, I, I, I personally, I thought if I'm making one move, I'm separating Wonga Blake and Blake Ferguson. But yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that, that's, that's the move to try get both sides of the field firing a bit better and you know, it, it wasn't brewing in the trial. It's a bit clunky, but um, that's why we have trials, I guess. It is. I do think Brown, is, he's a really good defender for a young half. And generally to be a good defender in the NRL as a half is essentially people don't mock you. No one ever admits when a half's a good defender, yeah. but if you get mocked, you're not a very good one generally. But I actually think he needs to like try and make less tackles. Like, try and stay fresh. I know it's easy to say that, but a couple of those games last year, he was making like 25, 30 plus tackles. Yeah. But, mate, you don't have to work so hard. You know, like well, take, a, take a bit of a rest on that side of the ball if you can. I don't want to lay all my cards out, but I'm going to have a bit of a go at Sean Lane. Yeah, that's uh, part of it too, right? Conversation. He's just <laughs> just the 1% of Sean Lane. It's just getting up quicker. It's covering from marker. He's just he's just dawdling. He's pointing but not running, you know what I mean, and throwing his hands up. And Dylan Brown just must be just frustrated. No end. Uh, Brad Arthur, I don't know if he was just saying this offhand after Cartwright got injured. But he was talking about swapping, starting Cartwright and bringing Lane off the bench. So, you know, obviously BA is not that ecstatic with Sean Lane's one percenters either. But no. um, God, there's anyway, games sure. there that they played the full eighty together, and Dylan Brown made more tackles than Sean Lane. That is yeah. wrong. Oh, Bungard, is you would have you would have watched the South Eels final and just the amount of times, particularly I think it was Reynolds just ran around Sean Lane like he wasn't yeah. even there. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's embarrassing, man. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, he's just one of those guys that, like, sometimes he just seems like you can watch him and once every 10 weeks, you'll think this guy's amazing. This guy's one of the best forwards in the league. But then, yeah, a lot of the time, it's just not there. I don't, I can't explain it. See, I think he's the flat track bully on the Eels. Yeah. Sean Lane, when we're running downhill, he is in everything. He's got the ball. He's one hand offloads. He's using his height and length to reach around. But, <laughs> but uh, Mitch Moses... You know, he's the one who gets labelled the flat track bully and, you know, fair enough too. Plays in the halves, mate. That's what happens. But I agree with you on Lane there. I actually think he might be best suited off the bench with the new rule set. Teams are looking at playing, lots of teams are looking at playing an edge guy off the bench. Yeah. That might be actually where he gets his best footy again when he plays 40 or 60 off the bench. You See, know, I, I think I think bench is really sharpened now because you, you can't get away with like, oh, I guess we'll play four forwards. It really says, are you going to put a util and three middles or two edges and a middle and a YouTube, like it really sharpens mm. the strategy of who's coming on the bench and how you're going to make it up. So, but like, I'm trying to think what's the best way to do it. You need a util, but you, you need edge forwards. I think, cause you can, I can't have Sean Lane playing 80. Surely not. Yeah. That's the interesting thing this year. We will see is like some teams are looking at running four forwards and one of them being an edge and like splitting the edges minutes up and all that kind of stuff with the, with the new rule change. It'd be interesting to see what, what teams do. And I guess that those teams that rely on a guy like a Tyrone Peachy as a utility, but playing yeah. in the forwards, they'll, they won't play a bench utility. Essentially those guys probably won't. The Titans looking at not playing a bench hooker either, but it, it, it that'd probably suit Sean Lane come off, come off the bench after 20 or 30 rather than play the full 80. Because, I mean, he was getting almost phased out before the finals last year anyway. Hey, he played. Yeah, he started to find the bench and he hadn't he hadn't in previous, you know, for the previous yeah. 18 games or whatever. 
uh, and then he was getting 20 minute stints and that sort of thing. Anyway, Bungar, do you want to? Ask some official questions, or oh, I can just keep chatting for another that, hour. If, if, if we if we tape the strengths of Bryce Cartwright and Sean Lane together, you might get eighty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what? Hey, I'll put you on the spot. What's yeah. the what's best case scenario? Previous player for Bryce Cartwright. I couldn't think of it, and someone said it the other day. Fuck. I was like, no, you've nailed it there. I was like, he's like skinny Wade Graham, or like his you know, best case is. I'm trying to like, think. Felidi Mateo. Mateo I, right? I was going to say Felidi Mateo, John Sutton, or someone like yeah. that. No, see, I think John Sutton bends the line more than Bryce Cartwright could. So yeah. I think it's Felidi Mateo with a, with a crap of running game, I guess, is best case. <laughs> it's not ideal. The worst um, thing so- that Bryce Cartwright made is he's actually a giant. That's the worst thing about him. If you ever stand next to him in person, he's like six foot three or four and 100 plus kilos. Yeah. And the, fittest, and the fittest forward at the Eels. Yeah. Honestly, they just he blows them away at training, apparently, but... Because he's not weighed down by all those vaccines. Um, (laughs) So what are you, I guess, what are your expectations for this, for this year, Mitch? How are they going to get over the hump from last year? Well, it's, it's sort of two. It's what we sort of need to shut everyone up, which would be third week of the finals. But to be honest, I think we're the sixth best team in the NRL. So there's the top five and you can put them in any order. And I could probably argue for any of those top five, which you've spoken about, no doubt at great length. Uh, and then I then it's a gap para, and then I've got Titans and Tigers as my final eight. But you know the, the five that we're talking about. You want me to name them? Raiders, Roosters, Storm. Who have I missed? Panthers. Did I say rabbits? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So there's the there's your top five. Put them in any order. You can make a pretty good argument. And then I think it's para. Me personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think there's too many. Uh, there's no arguments from me in that regard. There will be some arguments from Mitch in that regard when we get to the <laughs> no, ladder they're... predictions at the at the at the end of the at the end of the show. But um, so you mentioned Sean Lane there. Obviously, not not glowing endorsements on him. But who is a veteran that you think is in for a big year? Uh, so the guys who I think will continue to be good: Guffo, Regan Campbell, Gillard Jr., and Nathan Brown. They're the sort of benchmark of Parramatta. They they will be good pretty much every week and pretty rarely have a poor game. Uh, we've touched on Mitch Moses and and the other guy that I, is certainly not a veteran, but he's starting to you know he's starting to stake his claim as at halves is who we also spoke about Dylan Brown, um, and the other one is a bit of an asterisk, but Blake Ferguson needs to have a big year because oh, yeah. he's off contract, he's got nowhere to go. Um, I was actually I was having a bit of a look at at Fergo, you know, because he had this off twenty twenty, but his numbers aren't actually that different from when he had that breakout twenty nineteen with Para. He's you know, a lot of his numbers defensively, he was lost at sea, but his carries, his post-contact meters, they're all looking pretty similar to that big year that we loved in 2019. He just wasn't getting over the strike. Yeah, and it seemed that getting over the strike affected his confidence. He made a few boneheaded decisions later in the year two when he was in space and similar. Yeah, oh, there's no stats for that though, is there? There is, there you know is, I mean? no. Yeah, boneheads won. Who would lead the bonehead stats in the NRL if we, oh, we mate, had that? It might have been Corey Oates last year, mate. Like, oh, man. Like, mate, yeah, he's a dumb boy, my mate Corey. Big fan for a long time, but Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Um, Sell that stock. I did want to ask you, what have you heard about Reed Marnie? It just feels like it feels like the signings over the offseason, and maybe I'm wrong, they haven't got the confidence in him that many Eels fans do. Like when they bring in two hookers who are potential to play first grade, yeah, no. So we went into 2020 with no backup half. 
it was Ray Stone and sort yeah. of Will Smith, like yeah. none at all. And it was yeah. just like, well, read either plays 80 or forget about it. And I remember, you know, the pre-COVID game, uh, Titans, I think he broke his foot, ankle, something, uh, and he was out for 10 weeks or something. And then COVID hit and he missed only one more week, I think. And we had Ray Stone sort of weirdly fill in. If we, we play those 10 weeks without COVID, we're playing yeah. Ray Stone at nine, start <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> what What are you thinking? So I think maybe they just overcompensated and went out and bought all these relatively great hookers. The only one I really have super faith in, I hope none of the others are listening or care about my opinion, uh, is Nathaniel Roach. If he can get on the park, and I know you guys talk him up, if he can get on the park, apparently he's electric, like really something special. He's, um, I can't believe how old he is already. Like he's not old, but he's 24 it's turning 25, but just because I've been waiting for so long for the Nathaniel Roach breakout, it feels like one yeah. of the Stanley brothers that it's, you know, just <laughs> floating around. How many were, how many Stanley brothers were there? They kept turning up. 15 or 16. I don't know. They were, they were endless for a while there, it felt like. And the next one was always better than the last one. Um, and but, I, I, I fear that maybe Reed Marnie might not be quick enough for the new rules. That's, yeah. that's my fear. You want that quick zip from nine, and he's that sort of traditional nuggety tackle everything hooker. It's got a nice pass when it's going well. Uh, he gets a bit tired, and that's why I think we need that spell. And I've been thinking about things about utils and hookers and that sort of mm. thing, but he needs someone to give him a spell. Joey Lusick was was all right from what I saw in a couple of trials. He's solid, but he, uh, yeah, he's no he's yeah. no Tom Starling. He's pretty good at, at Salford, like Joey Lusick. Well, I was surprised he ended up back. I guess he wanted to come home or something. I was surprised he ended up back as a backup hooker somewhere over here because I know he would have started the Super League somewhere else. So Yeah, and he's not even guaranteed that 17 spot, like that spot in the 17 either. It's a, it's an odd place, but we desperately, like I said, we desperately needed some backup hookers. And, uh, yeah, we got yeah got a couple now. <laughs> so I did so, like no, those I, signings. And I like Papali'i's signing too, by the way. Big oh, game. mate, I am I could not be more into Papali'i. I think um, Jason NRL said this. Thing. I, I don't know what the Warriors were thinking. I love Papali'i. Maybe they've got... What's their new outside edge that everyone loves? What's his name? Who I love at the Warriors? Young bloke. Oh, yeah, yeah, Katoa. Yeah, Katoa. Love him. But this is like, this is Katoa two years ago. Papa Lee, he was everywhere. Mm. I thought, gee, I'd love to get your hands on that guy. I can't believe they let him go. And he's been outstanding. Trained the house down, looked good against St. George, even looked good against the Panthers. Um, my only query is apparently they're playing him in the middle. Uh, and I, I always thought his best games for the Warriors were on the edge, um, but he is southern straight off. Or, so Regan Campbell-Gillard came off, Papali on playing yeah. in the middle. I so. think maybe, though, with the new rules, it's probably it, it might be good to have someone who's a bit more dynamic and can play both middle and edge because they're prob- he's probably going to be needed to play both this year. I think, I think that's the case for all of our middle, and I'm using inverted commas, our middle forwards, um, that they're, they're effectively edge players. At Put Ace Junior Paul on an edge. Yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> Murata Nakore, the he's think they play him in the middle too. So yeah. our two starting middle, well, sorry, our bench middles are, are effectively edge players pretending yeah. they're middles. Yeah, but so, probably uh, it feels like one of those ones that I didn't understand why there wasn't a bigger market for him. And it's just going to be a, the thing in 10 weeks, everyone's going to go, oh, of course, Papalee was going to be good. He had yeah. one bad year, but it's like, well, I don't know why there wasn't a bigger cue to sign him. He's, a, yeah, he's an un- undersized middle. He's not very tall or... Well, he's, he's a chunk, but he's, he's sort of that Nathan Brown mold, if I can uh, talk yeah. about another power player. Just that middle, rough, hits hard, tackles well. He's, he's a solid player. It's probably a good sign that he is going to play the middle there, though, because I know he agitated from the Warriors because they were going to move him there, but it's probably a good sign that he's bought in and matured a little. 
that if he's happy to come do that role. So yeah, but when you I, I, you would have looked at his numbers when he plays in the middle, he's just half the player he's when he played on the edge for the Warriors. But you know he you know a year is a long time in in rugby league, and you know he matures, he finds his spot, and maybe BA structures work better for him there. With that said, very excited about him. Yeah, yeah for sure. Is there a, is there a young player that you're looking at this year that's gonna? I think they're a couple of years away. Um, so Will Penasini's got a lot of um, talk about him at the moment. Very funny um, name. Yeah, great name. Uh, but he, he, you know what he is? He's a Michael Jennings clone. He looks like same body shape, same running style, has a similar offload, quick off the mark. He, he's a similar sort of player, uh, but he's probably a year away. Jake Arthur's got a lot of press just because of who his dad is, but he is a talented halfback. Again, a couple of years away. They looked out of sorts. Uh, in New South Wales Cups against Panthers, they got absolutely, they had their pants pulled down. Um, but, yeah, they look good. It, it's crazy that people are saying, oh, they should be in the team over Moses or Opacek or something or Wonga Blake. It's They're they're whiles away, but a very, very talented couple of players. We haven't. Um, sorry, Hayes Dunstar is, is my answer, though. Yeah. Uh, he, he played against you guys in the, the final last year and held his own. Uh, he's tall. He's actually pretty powerful for a skinny bloke. And um, he's got, yeah, he's got a good footy sense about him. Um, you may, we haven't talked about Wanga Blake at all. Um, what are you, what are your overall what sentiments towards him? I mean, it just seems like I, I don't, I don't want to use the word liability, but it seemed that his form really went off a cliff at the end of last year. Yeah, there's sort of a few schools of thoughts. Is it Fergo's fault? Is it Wanga's fault? Is it both their faults? Um, I, so I thought when we bought him from Penrith, we bought a solid defensive center. I, I thought that was his name at Penrith. We're like, well, he's a bit clumsy with the ball, but gee, he can, he's reliable on that edge. And I don't know if you were watching Bunga, but in the <laughs> game, Fergo's out. Fergo's out against South last year final. Wonga Blake, it looks like a, a world better out there. You didn't run around him at all. I think you ran around the, the other side of the field and really dominated there. So, you know, maybe it's Good just point. That, that horrible combination, like two opposites, Fergo mm-hmm. and Wonga just cannot work together. Um, but I, I root for him. I must say, I get why people scream his name and he is an idiot and I've given him some horrible grades, obviously, but um, I, I I still root for him. I think he's that yeah. guy that every team has one of these guys, but gee, imagine if he puts it together. Yeah. And, <laughs> that's that's and, um, our guy. That's one of late. You what, need one. What's a matchup you're penciling in to the calendar? Um, Revenge game, bunnies. I keep talking about your bungard, but I, yep, I can't right. get over it. It, That's it fine. keeps me up at night. Um, the easiest, so normally it would be manly, dogs, tigers, but they're not in that sort of similar conversation with us just yet. So it's probably the Panthers, but they're a while off. Um, so, Excuse um, me, the West Tigers. I listened the other day. I listened the other day to the Tigers. Who did you, you tattoo? Simo? Was it Simo? Simon. You Simon. And the more you guys spoke about it, I was like, yeah, Tigers. We've got a lot of messages in that, in that vein. Like the punters, they're, they're getting around the boys. Why knock the Knights out? Knights are out of my eight. Tigers in. Yes. One more. Same same thing happened to everyone. Um, Um, Yeah. But yeah. 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 South Eels um, and Melbourne in round two. I'd love to beat Melbourne. That'd be a big win for you guys early on as well. Um, Yeah. Look, so I've got, I've got you guys down in sixth. I think that your assessment of the team is pretty spot on. I think that there are flaws there. I think that there's just, we've got to see a little bit more from some of those key players in big games before I want to put them, say that they're going to make the prelim or a grand final. But 
they're a very solid team. They did, I don't really think they've gotten worse anywhere. I think Pap- I really like the Papali signing. Obviously, losing Michael Jennings sucks, but yeah, yeah. Um, Mitchell, you've gone a different direction. I do because you need takes in preseason. You do. You need takes. We can't all be easy. And I do think round one they're the sixth best team in the competition. I agree with that. But I'm going to predict the wheels come off. I have to do it for somebody. Wheels come off and the Parramatta plummet down the ladder. And uh, whilst I like a lot of those players, I think Junior Paulo was a guy for a long time I thought wasn't getting the dues he deserved and finally got them last year. I've got them plummeting. I, I think I've moved them down to 12th. I had them like ninth. And it's just every time I've moved down to 10th, I've just moved them crazy. down. crazy. Whatever. But it's just more so I'm just the take. We're going to get more one-star reviews now. Oh, well. <laughs> I just, you know, I do think Penasini is going to be a really good player, young player, but it it feels like Suwali's been the great hype shield. It's like it, two years ago, if he was coming through and playing at power, people would be talking about him every other day. Yeah. No one knows who yeah. he is. So that's great for him. Maybe yeah. he plays later in the year or next year. But I have concerns about the replacement of Jennings, who was so much of all the good things that happened with Sevo and, and good things in your attack last year. I know you guys are changing up, but I'm worried about that. And then I just I just don't know if that team can keep just accepting they're that good and getting close and losing if you get me. So I just have a prediction that's just gonna fall apart. Well, everyone everyone worries about our defense, but to be honest, I'm I'm a bit worried about our attack. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time they surprised me in attack. Like they they run plays and we score tries or we put up a kick and you know, there's a hop for it and it looks great. But our attack, and it looked pedestrian in the trials. And you know what? It was a trial. You don't fire all your shots in a trial. But I think, you know, next Friday night's going to be pretty big because, you know, it, it's time to play. And, I, like, I haven't been surprised by our attack in a little while. Other than, um, you know, some one-on, you know, individual brilliance is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so that's I, – I got question marks all over the park. Uh, I want to feel it. I, I am a typically pessimistic Eels fan, I must admit, uh, which – Followers of Eels TCT will know. Um, but, yeah, I, we'll see what happens. Six so far. So who is in your grand final? Well, it's it, it, honestly, like I said, you could pick any of those five teams uh, that I mentioned before. But I've as I've written it down, Souths and Raiders, Souths to win it Love all. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, great. No arguments there. <laughs> I, I do want to say. <laughs> so we part- just had so many. So many, like I think eight or nine of you picked South to win the grand final. It's great. Do you do you ever look back on your preseason top eight no. predictions and just go, "What the heck was I thinking?" No, because I pick just... the Tigers to make the finals every year, and then they don't. So no, I do not. <laughs> because you 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 look at it and just even six weeks in, you're just like, "Well, it's a completely different sport." We didn't realize that Team X were going to be good. Yeah. It happens every year. Well, that's why I've got you out of my eight. Not because I had to find... You have to drop two or three teams out of eight every year. You just have to. Those are the rules. Yeah, That's how it works. And yep. it's hard to predict that, but you have to. So someone has to go. I do want to mention, though, you guys, part of me dropping you out, you have a really tough run home. If things play out as yeah. we expect, you yeah. guys end the season, what, round 16, you have you have the Panthers, then a bye. Seven, eight, 18's a Titans, so people think will be good. Then you have the Raiders, Roosters, Rabbitohs, one off week, you got the Seagulls. Then you have Cowboys, Storm, Panthers. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of games in a row you've got to be up for with the new rules that it's like they can just beat them all. In my opinion, when I look through that, I was like, I can move these guys down my ladder. They can't win those games on the trot. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I've got all of those teams, Raiders, Roosters, Rabbits, Storm, Panthers. I've got them above. Like yeah. You could theoretically go five losses from yep. round 19. 
So yeah, that's... exactly. So you guys could go from being in the eight to missing like that. Because or that's we could just, just get what, exactly what happened last year where they, they win enough early season games yeah, that's it. to be fourth and then they limp into the finals and you've got the more deluded aspects of it. Yeah, no. you don't. Sorry, I don't want sorry, the pain. I looked at the NFC draw and I'm like, Jesus Christ, they've really fucked out. I was like, Jesus. Before we go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our uh, Patreon. Uh, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash NRO Boom Rookies. Um, it's just kept going and going and going the last three weeks. It's insane. Like it, the, the growth since we started doing these preview pods has been ridiculous. Um, we can't thank you guys enough. And just a reminder, you've got uh, till Thursday. If you sign up before Thursday, you'll be entered into the Coltrane Cup tipping competition, um, which uh, if you you should get involved in. It's it's a great it's a great comp. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have grand final tickets and some other prizes for you guys as well. But a quick shout out to Dave, Color Tyson, Wayne Ritchie, Stu, Frankie, Never Trendy, Dan Cullinane, Harvey G, Chris Slade, Matt Coleman, Chris Avnell, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Roxanne Clark, Warwick Ahern, Butsy, Ty, Simo, Jason, Matthew Duggan, Tom Hardy, Razor, Old Mama Bear, Jace G, Thor Laycock, Maddie Jenkins, Josh Brandon, Morgan Watkins, Doc Hogg, Ben Wallace, an anonymous backer, Leon, Cam Beswick, CTO, James K, Jake Harper, Ando, Adam White, Blake Moretti, Stephen Hickey, and Reese Brown. Thank you all for your continued support. We would not be doing this without you. Um, Mitchell, the guest Mitchell, not the one that is always here. Um, uh, Cumberland Throw, quick plug. Yeah, love the Cumberland Throw, doing good things. Got some uh, nice sponsors on board, and we just love doing it anyway, but it's nice to um, have the support we do. So shout out to all the people who follow us, and um, yeah, click on, chat, and talk about the eels, and um yeah, really appreciate him. Can I also give a shout out to my son Levi, huge fan oh. of the show. Oh. <laughs> okay, uh, it. it. No, no, because it's his it's his birthday today. Oh, so, happy yes, birthday, Levi! Better. Happy birthday to Levi. He turns seven today. Huge fan of this show. He's never oh, heard I bet of it. He is. Um, and uh, I also promised my rugby league group chat, the Gus Goulds, that I'd uh, give him a shout out. So shout out to the boys. The Gus, that's a smart group of men. You just know that's yep. a good group of deep thinkers. Yeah. Um, but legit though, check out their website. Yeah. Come and throw you guys like it. Anyone who's done rugby league content for free or for passion knows how hard it is to do it every week. And you have done it every week for as long as I remember Twitter existing. Pretty much <laughs> like given previews, reviews, good and bad, you guys have been there. And yeah, the Eels fan community is generally right behind you as well because it's a not an easy gig, but give it a read. It's um as you've heard from this podcast, Mitch is a smart fan, so it's always some good content over there. I yep. promise I'll stop telling all our supporters to give you guys one star reviews. Uh, yeah, <laughs> two, please, just please. two. Paramount <laughs> fans, if you're listening to this, please at least star two review. stars. Uh, are you guys if... going to Magic Round? I'll uh, see you oh, guys up there. Mate, right? Yes, for sure. And yeah. uh, listeners will listeners uh, keep an keep an eye on that space because we'll be organising some sort of something. We're going to live stream the entire weekend on the podcast feed. We cannot do that. We'll go to jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. How uh, good. All right, um, Mitch. Thanks for coming on. Uh, other Mitch, we did it. 16. <laughs> we did it. I'm so happy. Oh, yeah, we did it. Fantastic. And thank you to everyone who listened to all these, even on the ones that weren't for your own teams. I really do appreciate that. Um, because I know most people did just listen to all of them anyway. So that just proves how great we are at podcast. Well, boys, on behalf of everyone else, thanks for doing what you do. It's great to listen. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. No, that was for the other Mitchell, you idiot. That was terrible. <laughs> Waited the whole show. <laughs> how good. See you later. And say goodbye, Mitchell. <laughs> Goodbye, Mitchell. (laughs) And it's goodbye from me.